This Front Row Rugby episode appeared originally on YouTube. Former Springbok flank, Val Bartman joins us today on Front Row Rugby. Val, a very, very warm welcome to you and welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for the invite. It's lovely to have you on. Let's go back to 1992. Uh, South Africa had obviously been isolated from international rugby and the Springboks were returning, playing their first test match against New Zealand at Ellis Park. Just in the lead up to that, obviously you were selected for the team. I'm keen to know, did you think that you would be in that side? Well, you know, Gary uh, Cup rugby was still Gary Cup rugby those days and uh, it was quite tough. I moved to the Sharks, Nantel in 1990 and uh, with Mac and everybody there it's gone very well and and uh, I were playing uh, some of my best rugby then. And then obviously that test match itself against the All Blacks a 27-24 defeat narrowly uh, for the Springboks. I'm just keen to know in the aftermath in the dressing room what was the feeling amongst yourselves? Well you know getting back into it uh, you, you really realize what you've missed it was such a great opportunity and as you would recall, that uh, we were uh, we uh, were behind quite early in the match, and in the last few minutes, we should have scored a few tries. So we had some opportunities, and we missed out on those. But it was excellent being back in, uh, especially playing playing against the All Blacks. And then obviously a week later in Cape Town against Australia, who were the world champions at the time, the Wallabies, and that didn't go as well. Uh, do you think that maybe afterwards there was a realization that maybe there is a little bit of a gap between the Springboks and maybe the best teams in the world at the time? Yes, I think uh, being in isolation so long definitely had an impact. We, we played against each other, uh, you know, uh, two carry cup rounds all around the season. And... Uh, Definitely, uh, we, we, we missed that and it, it definitely we could see that in the second game. And then obviously after that, off to France and the UK for, for a tour, two test matches against the French uh, and obviously winning the first one. Uh, afterwards in the dressing room, uh, I'm keen to know what was, the, what was the feeling amongst the players? Well, you know, uh, touring, um, it was quite a long tour for us and, and it was actually great. So. You know, we went onto that field, the French, uh, the, those Wednesday games that we played, they, they had their best and toughest sides out there. So they were testing us during the week as well. And I must say, going into the change room after that win was excellent, great. The, the atmosphere was great and we really enjoyed it. Okay, and then obviously the French came back in the second test and leveled the series. But then there was an opportunity to finish on a high. Um, the Springboks played against England at uh, Twickenham. Uh, am I correct in saying that you didn't actually play in that test match? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I got injured. Uh, I str struggled with my shoulder. Uh, we played one of those Wednesday games and uh, in England, the first one, and I got injured. And unfortunately, I was out for the rest of the tour. So, right. but, but it was a great stadium and... and uh, you know, sitting here today, saying not being part of international rugby, there's two things that I can say. I've never played a test in New Zealand and one in uh, Twickenham. So it's, it's tough. And, and, and I think if isolation weren't there, probably the opportunities would have been there. Indeed. So I'm keen to know, uh, on that tour of France and, and the UK in 1992, uh, just off the field, um, in terms of like special memories or something funny, is there something that, that you fondly recall? Well, you would probably recall in the second test, uh, I played with Audrey Geldner, he was the lock, and of course, uh, Benazis went down, and nobody saw it, but I, I was supporting him, so I saw what happened there. And uh, everybody only re after that realized uh, that Audrey uh, gave him a good smack. 
Right. And, and, and I think that these days that sort of thing is just n- not possible in rugby, especially with the TMOs and, and all the cameras and that sort of thing. Well, uh, unfortunately, Audrey, I think he broke his hand as well and he was also off the field. So, yeah, no red cards or anything at that stage. So it was actually quite nice, a penalty against you and you carry on with the game. But I, I think after that first test, uh, you know, we celebrated and we went into the change room and back to our hotel that night. And uh, yes, the next morning, um, somebody ordered, or during that night, a lot of the uh, most expensive champagne was ordered, and they blocked the bus before we left the hotel because they wanted to know who ordered it and who's going to pay for it. <laughs> I can just imagine. Um, uh, there's something else that a lot of people, especially in those days, spoke about, um, and that was provincialism. And the, the sort of feeling was that within the Springbok squad, especially on tours, you might find that, like say, like, the Western province guys might stick together or the, the Natal guys would stick together. Would you say that that was something that you experienced? I think, you know, you've played the whole time with them and, and I think it's just natural that, that you know your friends, your roommates, everything. But, uh, you know, they split up the teams and the roommates were different and, and everything. So I think uh, the more that we moved into the international rugby, uh, the better it became. Now, you didn't play any test matches in 1993. We had France at home and then a tour to Australia. I can't remember. Can you remind us why exactly you were not involved? So, uh, I got, uh, again, I was a bit late. I had struggled with a shoulder injury, went in for a op, and uh, I, I just missed out when they had it. And uh, in between, they had the one against Argentina. I don't know if you recall that. Yeah. There to play there. So, uh, yeah, no, but it was great. I think... Uh, we, we could see our rugby lifting up, getting back into it, and uh, of course, uh, leading up to 1995. Um, did you did you go uh, to New Zealand in '94? Uh, yes, I did, and uh, you know uh, that's why I'm saying uh, um, Pino had concussion. Max spoke to me, and he said to me that he's going to make me captain uh, for the first test, uh, and. Uh, you know, those days you didn't travel with so many players. You just had a few selected players with you. And unfortunately, I got injured again, so shoulder up, and uh, I had to go back. Oh, that, that, that really is unfortunate. Eh? And, and then as you, you mentioned a second ago, 95, um, I mean, I, I don't think you were, you were not that old that, to, to have missed out on, on 95 at that point, right? I think struggling with the, the, the shoulder op, I had three, and now I had four ops on it. It, it just became a problem. And, uh, you know, if you would go into a tackle or, or something, uh, you know, it, it just wasn't worth it. And at the end of uh, 1994, I decided to retire. So I was still 32. It, it's still doable. But, uh, yeah, and then, of course, uh, Dr. Louis Late wanted me to come and play my three or four games that I needed to play 100 games for Transvaal. To come back, but uh, because he dropped me, I decided that I would stay a loyal Shark supporter. Indeed. Uh, so I'm, I'm keen to know. I mean, obviously the retirement coming at '94, but a year later, obviously we had won the World Cup by then, and then rugby turned professional. I, I'm just keen to know if if you have ever wondered about or had any regrets, possibly about not having had the opportunity to play professional rugby. Definitely, I think, uh, you know, if you look at, and if you look at players like Donny Gerber and you look at how many tests they've played and where they would have been, if you look at Nasport, all of those, if you really put those stats together and you look at those players, they, they were excellent. And uh, definitely, uh, I think professional is fine, it's good, you know, you, you benefit financially from it, 
but I think we lost out of an era of playing rugby and a lot of uh, good players and possibly a lot of uh, players that would have become Springboks didn't uh, achieve that due to the isolation. So that that really was a very difficult part. I think it stopped, well, it started in 81, I think was that last tour to New Zealand. Uh, 86, there was those few tests against the Cavaliers, which I was fortunate to play in. Uh, but otherwise, uh, there was not much. The other thing is, if we look at, at modern day rugby now in the professional era, rugby's been professional now for almost 30 years. Uh, when you watch the games on the TV, like how much different is it compared to when you were playing, would you say? My view is still the forwards and the basics will win you the game. So uh, it, it is physical. The players are much more physical. They, they spend a lot of time in the gym. Um, you know, they do it as a professional and, and you, you train for six to eight hours a day. We used to work. I used to fly down to, to Durban three, four times a week to go and train and then play on a Saturday. So definitely, I think physically, it, it's basically, it's also, it was always very hard as well. And um, I think there's more injuries these days. It seems to be the case, doesn't it? Uh, and, and I think there was something interesting, and now I'm going back probably a decade. Uh, there was a stat that the, the junior Springbok team, I think it was 2009 or 2010, somewhere around there, that the junior Springbok team's backline players, man for man, were bigger than the 1992 Springbok forwards. Definitely. If you, if you look at that, and I saw some of the stats that they compared, definitely if you look at the size of the players, uh, we, we were much smaller than, than, than those. And uh, definitely, I think it's the training method. It's professional. It's a job. And, uh, yeah, it's a big difference. Uh, what would you say is the, maybe the funniest moment that you experienced on, on a Springbok tour? Touring with Dick Muir could be very interesting. I, I must say, uh, you get all these characters in the teams, and, and, and he was definitely one of them and was always up to something so... You know, you're on the field, he would kick it up in the air. And as you stand and want to catch the ball, he would tackle you on a wet field, etc. So, but you know, on tour, we, we, we're not very naughty. We always stick to the rules and we stick to the rules. And what goes on tour stays on tour. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not going to get more uh, than that out of you, I don't think. Um, well, I think that brings an end to our discussion uh, for today. Uh, I just want to, again, say thank you very much for being available. It was lovely having you on Front Row Rugby, and hopefully we can have you on again in the future. Thank you very much, and God bless. Last time on Front Row Rugby, we had Rudy Fleece Fasaki as our guest. You can go watch that video. It's appearing on the screen right now. Next week, we're going to have Robbie Kempson with us. This Front Row Rugby episode appeared originally on YouTube. If you enjoyed this content, please consider subscribing and sharing with your friends. See you next time.